Uh, you know, that old saying goes, uh, leaves of three, let it be. Uh, I never liked that saying. It tells you to stay away from too many innocuous plants. Uh, you know, there's black and raspberries. Uh, both of those have three leaves. Calico beans and many others uh, have three leaves. And, uh, you know, it does guard you against, you know, the poison ivy and, you know, poison sumac. But that's really about it. Or not poison sumac, poison oak. Poison sumac has more than three leaves. But, yeah, that's really about it. The, uh, uh, there's a lot of other poisonous plants out there that have many more than three leaves or less, for that matter. Uh, and many of them are a lot worse. Uh, some of them are even deadly. Uh there's giant hogweed and wild parsnip uh, that can cause uh, severe chemical burns to the skin. Neither one has three leaves. Uh, poisonous hemlock. Uh, yeah, that's what killed uh, Socrates. And uh, nightshade. Uh, well, the sap doesn't cause a reaction to your skin, but the plants will kill you if you eat any part of them. So you know, I figure we talk about a few of these today and a couple of others as well. Uh, because uh, some of them grow wild, and they're popping up right now, and they might be popping up in your yard, and you might not know it. So first thing I want to say is uh, go to my Facebook page, The Plant Doc of Lacrosse, and uh, I've got a bunch of pictures up of uh, different uh, poisonous plants that are there, or are popping up uh, or around in our area right now. And, you know, that way there uh, you can put a uh, face to the name of the plants. I can always describe it on the radio, but, uh, you know, seeing it is much better. Especially if you've got young kids around. You should always, uh, you know, show these to the kids too because some of them are, you know, pretty darn attractive or neat looking. And uh, they attract children uh, just for, you know, like the wow factor. You know, some of them size, others are pretty. Uh... And you know, that can be pretty bad if a kid, uh, you know, go waltzes in, goes, starts picking uh, some wild parsnip flowers for mommy. Uh, that can get really, really bad. Or pulling up a uh, some uh, hemlock, thinking that it's. And I, when I say hemlock, I mean the uh, plant, not the tree. But. Uh, a lot of times kids think it's wild carrots uh, because they've got a tap root that looks just like a carrot, except it's white in color. And it smells just like a carrot, too, for that matter. But unfortunately, in this case, it's deadly poisonous. So uh, I figured we'd talk about these things here today. But as always, if you've got a question about anything that's green or growing, it, it does not have to be about these particular uh, plants uh, please go ahead and give me a call. number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. Or you can shoot me a text at uh, that number as well, and uh, you'll get right on through. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, let's start off with the giant hogweed, since that one's starting to grow right now. Now, giant hogweed uh, has does not look like a pig in any way, shape, or form. Why it's called hogweed, I have no idea. 
It actually looks like a gargantuan version of Queen Anne's lace. It's about the best way to describe it. Although the flower, the flowers themselves are not uh, round like Queen Anne's lace are. They're kind of more open and feathery. But uh, it's got the same little tiny flowerette that the Queen Anne's lace has. And it has pretty large leaves. And this stuff here will grow to be uh, over 10 feet tall a lot of the times. And the flowers themselves will uh, reach many feet across, <clears throat> which makes them really a curiosity for kids. Uh, kids see these gargantuan flowers blooming, and they're like, wow. Unfortunately, uh, what this stuff has in it is a uh, phytotoxic uh poison uh in the sap uh that will if you were out there cutting it on a cloudy day get the sap on you you wouldn't even notice it uh go home at night shower it's not gonna make any difference because it's gonna stay there with you just like poison ivy does uh and you get up the next day uh, have your breakfast still you're not gonna have a reaction to it uh, but then you go outside in the sunshine and all of a sudden your skin starts to bubble up. And I do mean bubble up. It will cause severe blistering to your skin, uh, pus filled blisters. Uh, I do believe that this is probably where the old idea of, uh, vampires came from. That, you know, they sleep during the day and they're allergic to sunlight. Uh, it was probably somebody that got walked through a field of this stuff, uh, you know, way back in the day. And they walked out in the sunlight and then all of a sudden it started burning the heck out of them. It's not a good plant to mess around with at all. Uh, the only way I will approach this, or it's uh, the next one that I want to talk about, which is very, very similar, it, and that's wild parsnip, is uh, by using uh, wearing full bodysuit. Uh, you know, I've uh, cut the stuff before. I've sprayed the stuff, and I've worn full, you know, body protection. Uh, uh, the the TVAC, uh, you know, jumpsuit and, you know, rubber gloves and the whole nine yards. I will not mess with this stuff because I've seen firsthand how nasty these burns can be. And uh, you don't want to get it. And it's weird because it only bothers you in the sunlight. Uh, once the burns appear, they stay with you. But uh, it can lay dormant for a couple of days, and then when you walk out into the sunlight for the first time, boom, out, out comes the burns. Now, the giant hogweed is, they have, like I said, uh, Queen Anne's lace, white little tiny flowerets that make up, they comprise a much larger flower. Uh, the uh, wild parsnip, on the other hand, looks like a yellow Queen Anne's lace. Uh, and this time the flowers generally grow in a circular uh, bloom uh, comprised of little tiny flowerets again. And uh, the wild parsnip only grows to be about anywhere from two to six feet tall. 
and both these are very, very prevalent in our area right now. Uh, they are in backyards. They're in drainage ditches along roads. They're in fields leading down to trout streams. <clears throat> they are all over. So please familiar, familiarize yourself with uh, what these plants look like. Make sure your kids know what they look like. And uh, that way they're, uh, they can be armed with uh, the knowledge to stay away from them. Trust me, uh, getting this stuff on you is not like walking into a patch of burning nettles. Granted, you learn really quick what a patch of burning nettles uh, looks like when that when you do that. And you're very likely not to do it again because you don't want to ever feel that pain. But burning nettles don't hurt you seriously. This stuff here can wind you up in the hospital or even, you know, worst case scenario, wind up in the morgue. So you need to be really careful about this stuff. Okay, we got a call coming in, so let's go ahead and jump over to the phone lines. But we have two open ones, too. And if uh, you want me to shoot me a text, it's the same number, 608-785-7914. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? an easy question for you this morning. When is the best time to trim arborvitae bushes or small trees? Okay. Uh, generally, for arborvitae and uh, small trees, I would opt for uh, late fall, early winter. And oh, that, that late? Mm-hmm. Because uh, the plant uh, does not have any sap running at that point, or a lot I less. See. I thought maybe you had to have it leave it so it had some growth before winter. No, I wouldn't worry about that. Now, uh, there are certain shrubs like lilac uh, that you want to prune right after they get done blooming. Uh, Lilac, hydrangea, the regular globe hydrangea, you want to do right after they get uh, done blooming. And that way there they'll set their blooms for uh, next year. Oh, I was more worried about the arborvitae. I didn't know that they could be trimmed that late. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's nope. all I needed to know. Thank you. Okay. You're quite welcome, and thanks for the phone call. And, yep, by doing it later on in the uh, season, you're a lot less likely to have the tree bleeding on you. And that way there, the wounds heal off, and uh, without... The sap coming out, and which attracts bugs, and the bugs vector and diseases and such. So that's not a good thing. But I'll tell you what, we're going to go ahead and take a short break here and take care of a little bit of business. But we'll be right back here at 1410 WIZM and the Plant Doctor Show in just a minute. If you got a question about anything green or growing, please go ahead and give me a call. Shoot me a text. Number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. And we are back, and today in between phone calls, we're talking about uh, some of the poisonous plants that are out growing in our area right now, and you know how uh, they could be uh, pretty dangerous uh, to you and you know your kids. Now, the other next one I want to talk about is one that <sighs> every kid that I know of, every boy that I know of, has played with this plant. Um, it's purple berries, uh, which uh, grow during the summer were 
we used to take great joy in taking these berries and throwing them at girls because the uh, sap would stain clothes, and it, it would be this really cool purple color. And we called them ink berries. Oh, that plant is called nightshade. And while, thank God, the sap is not, you know, poisonous to touch, every part of that plant is deadly poisonous to eat. And uh, they grow all over the area. And uh, like I said, they are very attractive uh, to uh, kids because of uh, the fact that they're the, the berries. You squish them and it's very inky. And uh, you can actually dye things with them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's not a good plant to play with. And, uh, by the way, that's actually very closely related to the tomato and the potato plant. Uh, all three are in the nightshade family. Just a little bit of trivia there. But, uh, and for that matter, all parts of uh, the potato plant and the tomato plant are also poisonous to eat, except for the fruit. And, uh, but in the case of true nightshade, even the fruit's uh, deadly. So don't go munching on that. Doesn't taste good. Okay, we got a phone call coming in, so we're going to go ahead and jump back to the phone lines. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who is this? This is Jim. Hey, Jim. How's it going? Not too bad. Did I talk to you last week? Did I text you about a red maple I got in my yard? Okay. And you, and you thought it might <laughs> have that Rosillium wilt? Okay. And you said to cut that branch off? Mm-hmm. And see if it was white or brown? Well, this is all white. It was all white. Uh, yep. Now, which uh, did you go back? Uh, was it a very thin branch, or was it a little bit uh, thicker, like a uh, secondary branch coming off the uh, trunk? About an inch and a half coming off the trunk. About an inch and a half coming off the trunk. Okay, that should have shown it then. Uh, uh, if it was verticillium wilt, you should have seen at least a black line inside of that. Uh, no, there wasn't nothing. Okay, very good. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to, re- let me see if I can bring it back here. I don't know if it'll show it to me or not. Let's take a look at that picture again. Uh, okay, come on, open up. There we go. Uh, let's see, inbox. Uh, last Saturday. I'm wondering, there was a bunch of squirrels in that last fall. And they're always up there eating something all the time. I was wondering if they, they wrecked something. Squirrels won't usually hurt a tree. Uh, how long did it take for the uh, damage to occur, sir? What's that? How long did it take for the damage to occur on the tree? Was it like one season, or was it something that uh, happened slowly? Or Oh, this is the first year. It was fully all leaves last year. I mean, ever since I planted it. Okay. Uh, I'm not finding the, unfortunately, I'm not finding the uh, text. But, uh, okay, it happened, so it happened rather quickly. It just didn't leaf out, or did it have leaves earlier in the uh, season, and they died? No, it never, never had leaves on it, on that part. Never had leaves at all this year. Uh, no, oh, okay. Got part, you know, the tree's half full, but I... Right, but, but, those branches, like but those branches didn't is. have anything on them. Uh, okay. Other things that you could, uh, possibly think about, uh, one would be check out the base of the tree and see if there's been any damage to the bark, uh, around the base of the tree. 
uh, a lot of times voles will go ahead and eat away the bark and that will affect individual branches uh, and not the whole tree if they don't go all the way around it. Uh, Another thing that you could possibly think about that uh, would cause that too would be a lightning strike. Not lightning doesn't blow a tree apart all the time. Uh, A lot of times it will just go in and uh, do some, you know, damage to the interior of the tree. Uh, Now, this is only about 20 feet from the house. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Can you remember any close lightning strikes? No. No? Okay. Uh, Other things that would cause it wouldn't be that because that would cause the whole tree to go. Uh, Is there anything on the leaves? Any markings no. or anything on the uh, leaves that are good? So no, you... not that I notice. I'm, I'm right out there by it now and then. And I go, it, it all looks healthy, really, except for the dead branches. Yeah, they're just yeah, it's just like it's so thin of leaves on it at all. Hmm. And that what's healthy is healthy. It's not declining at all or anything else. Uh, well, what I would do in that case at this point is I would go ahead and trim back any of the dead that you can, uh, okay. anything that you can reach, and uh, trim it as close to the uh, trunk as possible. Uh, and also, you know, every once in a while, take a look at uh, the wood that you're trimming and see if it does have that uh, darker, uh, you know, color on the inside. Uh, okay. Sometimes it might not be on all the branches, uh, but if you got one that's coming off the trunk, you should have seen it though. So if it was verticillium wilt, but uh, okay. without actually coming out there and examining the tree, there's I mean, I, there's no way I could tell you exactly what's going on. Unfortunately, it does not sound like it's an insect or a disease uh, because that would uh, affect the tree as a whole. Uh, squirrels don't do that type of damage to trees. You know, they may hurt a branch individually, you know, a smaller branch or something, but not as much as uh, you had on that tree. Uh, so I'm thinking it's going to either be mechanical, uh, like, you know, something chewing on the bark, a, lightning stri- a possible lightning strike or something along those lines, uh, if it's not a uh, verzillium wilt. So okay. that's about the best I can do for you. I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Good luck with that. And take All care. right. Bye-bye. You know, sometimes um, just a picture is not going to do it for uh, diagnosing, you know, what's going on with the plant. Uh, I can only you know, take guesses and, you know, at least try to point you in the right direction. But that's going to bring us to our uh, break here. We're going to have to take a break and take care of some news and a little bit of business. But we'll be right back here at 1410 WYZM and the Plant Doctor Show in just a couple of minutes. Go ahead and give me a call. Number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. And we are back. And today in between phone calls, we're going to be talking about some of the poisonous plants in our area and in our houses and growing wild uh, in the Cooley region. So um, if you've got a question about anything else that's green or growing, it doesn't have to be about something poisonous, please go ahead and give me a call. Shoot me a text. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. Now, uh, 
You know, when somebody talks of poisonous plants, you know, the first one that comes to everybody's mind is poison ivy. And, you know, for good reasons. It's very plentiful around the area. Most people are affected by it. I have known a very few people that could go swimming in the stuff and not be even get the slightest bit of an itch. Damn them. Uh, but, uh, you know, other people are much worse, uh, uh, more highly allergic to it than others. So uh, it's one that you need to uh, really be careful of. And poison ivy is a plant that keeps on giving. Uh, not only can you get it and you could pass it on to somebody else and that person can pass it on to somebody else and right on down the line by touching an infected area. Uh, also you can get poison ivy from a plant that's been dead for years, just part of the vine. If, uh, you walk into the smoke from a fire where it was burning, God help you if you should breathe in that smoke. Uh, and you're, you know, highly allergic to it. Uh, you can actually put yourself in the hospital. So poison ivy, granted, it might seem like a joke to some people. It can be really bad to others. So you need to be careful with that one, too. But we got a couple of phone calls coming in, so we're going to jump back to the phone lines. 608-785-7914 is our number. Good num- or good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? This is Jim. I was wondering when a good time to split hostas plants and peonies plants. Okay. Usually I recommend waiting until the uh, late summer, early fall to do that for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the temperatures are a lot cooler, and uh, there is usually a lot more uh, moisture, you know, uh, rain provided, and you know, by Mother Nature, especially if you're going to be moving them to a place where uh, you cannot water. Uh, so you know, that way there, uh, you know, Mother Nature can uh, provide. The cooler temps uh, plus uh, more available uh, moisture will lead to less ch- shock in the plant itself. Okay? All right. Thank you. Okay. You have a good day, sir. And thanks for the call. And that gives us one open line at 608-785-7914. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Hello? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Hear me? Yes. You're on the Plant Hello. Doctor Show. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Okay. Um, I have a question about rhubarb. Someone said um, not to harvest rhubarb when it gets real hot, that it's not very edible to eat. Is that true? Not really. Uh <sighs> There's a little bit of truth to it. As the earlier uh, leaves to rhubarb uh, have more sugars in them than the uh, later ones do. Uh, But you don't eat the leaf at all. The leaf itself is poisonous on a a rhubarb plant. Now, I don't know if... Okay, thank you. I don't think that's going to transmit down into the stem, though. Uh, it's blooming yeah generally when they bloom unfortunately the uh, that takes its toll on the uh, stems they get a lot thinner 
because uh, strength of the plant goes to the bloom. So as beautiful as that bloom is, I usually pick them off. So the uh, strength of the plant goes to the uh, leaf stems instead. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay. You're quite welcome, cool. and thank you Thank you for the phone call. And, yeah, uh, rhubarb is pretty good in uh, that sense. Uh, but it's I'd like to early, pick them earlier than uh, later. Okay, uh, one more caller, two open lines at 608-785-7914. Good morning, you're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? This is Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Doing great. What can I do for you? I have some phlox that are growing in my garden, and I have several plants growing together. But one in particular is kind of turning yellow, and some of the leaves are turning um, brown. Okay. And, uh, like, kind of drying up a little bit. And they're all together, and I just wondered why this one plant. Flocks are almost impossible to grow without issues. Oh. They're one. I love flocks. Uh, as a kid, uh, my father uh, was one of the first things. Uh, a lot of people don't realize it, but you can pull the uh, flower off and suck on it the same way as you do honeysuckle. Oh, I didn't the, know that. No. Yeah, and you get the sweet taste into your mouth. Huh. Uh and I remember my father showing me that as a little kid. And so, of course, it's a sweet plant. I'm going to love the plant. Uh-huh. And it's been one of my favorites ever since. But unfortunately, it also, disease just takes its toll on these plants. But usually it's not enough to hurt the plant itself. You're going to see some yellowing to the leaves. A lot of times uh, they fall prey to uh, powdery mildew. Uh Phlox and powdery mildew almost always coincide together, and mm-hmm. they get that whitish substance on the leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best thing that you can do is just make sure the plants stay well fertilized and, okay. uh, you know, not to dry out. Uh, okay. It's possible that if uh, they weren't watered during back during the drought that uh, we just came out of, uh, you know, a bit of damage could been done in that respect and that could be why it was uh, turning yellow and you're not seeing it until now mm-hmm. but okay. uh yeah uh, make sure the plants uh, you know stay as stress-free as possible and uh, generally they're pretty hardy okay. okay okay all right thanks so much you're quite welcome jerry and you have a great day now you too bye-bye bye-bye and yeah, flocks uh, were always uh, one of my favorite plants. Uh, they're a nice, long-lasting perennial, and like I said, they're sweet. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Oh, this is Sandy. Hi, Sandy. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. What can I do for uh, you? I have two questions today. One is, uh, uh, what do I spray to get rid of poison ivy that's creeping into my lawn or into my yard? Okay. And two, chiggers. What do I do about chiggers? So chiggers. Start with either Ooh. one. So. Okay, let's do poison ivy. That's the easier one of the two, and I hate to say that. Uh, Okay, Uh, poison ivy, uh, thankfully, will succumb to anything with 2,4-D in it. Uh, So weed be gone, and your over-the-lawn weed sprays will knock it right out. Oh, really? Okay. Because we've always gone with the, uh, what is the, the... Rush Woody be gone. Vegetation Roundup, the really expensive stuff. Ah, and you don't have to go that route. It doesn't really, it, you know, I mean, we, it comes back every year. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the, you know. Okay, but there's always that caveat. Okay. Poison ivy is a vine. Yeah. A lot of times you're only seeing the very end of it. 
you've got to spray all the way back to where it goes down into the ground. Okay. And plus, you can have more than one runner coming up from one set of roots. Okay. So uh, you need to get as much of that plant as possible. Now, I do recommend using uh, 2,4-D because that will go into the root or into the leaf and go down inside the plant and uh, take it out that way. Okay. Uh, but you're still going to have to get, you know, a good portion of the leaves to do any substantial damage to it. Yeah, because my my son has he lives on the edge of the woods and it's prevalent in the woods and it creeps in a little bit every year and he sprays it back and it creeps mm-hmm. in and he sprays it and it just seems like a never ever ending battle you know and years ago um, Ortho used to make in an aerosol can you know the red Ortho label it had a can called uh, Poison Ivy Killer. Mm-hmm. And I've used that before because we had it in our yard, and I would go out and spray it. And if it wasn't dead, you know, the next day I'd spray it again. And and it was very easy to use because you could really target that plant. And for whatever reason, they stopped making it. Yeah, what they've done is uh, they've included a bunch of other uh, plants on the same label because they figured they can make more money that way. (laughs) And they call it Weed Be Gone. Okay. All right. It's I the same. I'm, a, pretty like a, sure, I'm pretty like sure it's the yard, same product. It's like a plant here and a plant there. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, they're, that old uh, ortho uh, poison ivy killer and weed be gone are the same product. Same thing. I'm okay. almost positive. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the weed be gone will work fine on it. Sounds good. Now, okay. Chiggers. Chiggers, the fun <laughs> one. Okay. Uh, first off, and I'm sorry I got to ask this, why do you think you have chiggers? Well... Because of the way they, the bites look, the where we get them, the way they, you know, travel once they come up your body and, you know, things like that. It's more from the bite. And because we, we never see them. They're so small, you know, you, mm-hmm. you never see them. So that's okay. what we assume. We know they're not mosquitoes. Um, but they're in, they, we didn't have too much, you know, it's been so dry, we didn't have too much trouble with them. But now, of course, we're watering our gardens. And we water the grass in between mm-hmm. the gardens, and that's where they live. That's where they're inhabiting. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, the next question was, do you know where you're picking them up at? Yeah. Uh, for those people that do not know what a chigger is, uh, and I don't want to get it confused with head lice, because I know there's a big stigma dealing with head lice that yeah. shouldn't yeah. be anyhow, because people <laughs> uh, with dirty hair do not get head lice. It's people with clean hair that get them. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, chiggers, head lice, uh, a lot of times they're, they're body para- uh, human parasites. And uh, generally chiggers live out in uh, brush and grass, and they get on your legs, and they leave little bites generally in a straight line going up. You know, if you look at uh, the little bites, uh, you'll see little dots that are in a straight line. Uh, mm-hmm. They are very itchy extremely itchy and your normal things do not work on it uh hydrocortisone doesn't even phase chigger bites yeah. uh one thing that i have found that does and it does a very good job is uh oh what the heck is the name of it uh uh bah, 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 i'm brain farting it uh the stuff uh that the dentist shoots in your mouth uh what, Oh, Novocaine, Novocaine, lidocaine, uh, lidocaine yeah. pa- uh, the lidocaine yeah. creams. 
Yeah, and, I, we uh, use um, the antibiotic cream that you get with the painkiller. It's the the cheap antibiotic ointment you get at Walmart, mm-hmm. and it's got a pain reliever in it. That's the only thing that does it. Okay, and that's probably a lidocaine that's a pain reliever. Yeah, it. yeah. But, yeah, the uh, lidocaine creams uh, work uh, very well on them. And well, and basically the just bites also, you, you actually have like almost like an allergic reaction to them. They'll get like a clear um, uh, pimple on the top mm-hmm. that will burst. And, I mean, you, you'll have them. You have the chigger bites for weeks. Yeah. They'll just go away. They're not know? fun. Okay, well, now, what do I do about to take care of the lawn. chiggers themselves. Last year we bought a granular insecticide. We put out with the fertilizer spreader, and then you water it in. Didn't touch them. Okay. So, Was that something for, like, grubs or something along those lines that yeah, you put down? Yeah, one of those where they've got, like, 50 or 60 different bugs on okay. the label. It says it's going to kill this, that, this, you know, everything. Okay. Uh, what well, you have yeah. to be careful, especially when getting a lawn insecticide, is there's two different types. Uh, one that you would uh, get for like uh, grubs, uh, chinch bug, uh, army worm, sod web worm. There, again, there's a whole list that'll yeah. go after, but they have to ingest uh, the plant. Otherwise, it's not going to phase them in the least bit. The bugs can swim in the stuff all day long and it's not going to hurt them. Oh, okay. uh, so that's probably something along the lines of what you put down last year. What it I would do. Chiggers on the label, but you know. It did say chiggers on the label. Okay, well that yeah. shouldn't have been a uh, uh, one of those then. But uh, what I would use uh, that does work very well against chiggers. Uh, there's a couple of them out there. Seven works quite well. S E V I N. And this is. Uh, it comes in many different formulations. Uh, generally, you have to mix it up, and uh, you would apply it as a spray. Uh, oh, good okay. thing so about you mix it with water and then yes. okay. Good thing about seven is it's actually rated for use on vegetables as well. So uh, you can use it on crops if need be. Uh, okay. Secondary use for it. Uh, and it probably has to dry so you can see your pets can go out and blah yes. blah blah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, now uh, another one would be malathion, which is also rated for use on crops too. Uh, that's M-A-L-A-T-H-I-O-N. Okay. And that one has the good old-fashioned insecticide smell to it. It's an oil base. Uh, you would mix this up with water and uh, spray. And once you spray, you know it for a couple of hours because stuff stinks to high heaven. I will okay. be the first one to warn you on that. But okay. it works, and it works good. And- and both of these, can I apply them once, or do I have to do them every couple of weeks, or what's the... Okay, uh, seven probably has a bit longer of a residual uh, than malathion. Malathion, I would say, is going to last about uh, a week to two weeks. Seven will last up to a month. Okay. Uh, you know, barring any massive uh, rainstorms. Okay. Okay. So if I, if I, if I uh, get the seven and I apply it, and I'm not, you know, we have a large lawn. I really only want to do the areas around my gardens, right, the places right. I actually go, you mm-hmm. know. So if I spray it, it sh- I should be good for about a month and around the... Yeah, generally. Uh, now, uh, read the label. Uh, it should tell you, ex- uh, you know, how to treat four chiggers uh, exclusively on that and how often you need to reapply. But I'm, I'm thinking about a month... Uh, apart and the sprains will be about right okay wonderful wonderful thank you so much okay you're quite welcome and thanks for the phone call
Bye-bye. Bye. I think that's the first time I've ever had a call about sugars on uh, the show. And I'm surprised because they are prevalent in the area. Uh, I've had things on, well, you know, of course, I work doing lawn care and stuff like that. I used to uh, do that. So I had uh, bites constantly on me. But uh, another good thing that you can do, too, is apply uh, that vanilla spray, uh, anything with a vanilla scent to it. Uh, will also repel chiggers uh, the same way as it does mosquitoes or ticks or, you know, uh, biting flies, things along those lines. But, okay, we're going to have to take a break here and take care of a little bit of uh, news or a little bit of uh, business, a little bit of weather. But we'll be right back here at 1410 WIZM in just a couple of minutes. Go ahead and give me a call. Number down here at WISM is 608-785-7914. So, Today, in between uh, phone calls, we are talking about poisonous plants and, uh, you know, some of the things uh, that we can do to, you know, look out for. And I know I started off the show with uh, mentioning my uh, Facebook page. If you go to that, uh, you can, you know, just friend it. Uh, Another good thing about uh, doing that is, is you can ask me questions there all week long, and I will generally get back to you within a couple hours, if not right away. And, uh, but also I can post pictures of things, uh, like these plants. And, uh, one of the plants that I have, uh, a picture of there is, but this one here just blows my mind. It is very likely the most, it's the deadliest plant, uh, planet, plant on the planet. There, got that out finally. Uh... It is what a very horrible poison is made out of. Uh, the terrorists use it, ricin. And it comes from the castor bean plant. Now, the castor bean plant is not indigenous to this area, thankfully. But a lot of people plant it because it looks so cool. In fact, the city of La Crosse uh, had a bunch of this stuff growing down at the riverfront run one year. Because the person that was planting uh, the plants had no idea what the stuff was uh, or what the possibilities of, you know, getting poisoned by it uh, were. And it's a really cool-looking plant. It has gargantuan leaves to it uh, that are very philodendron-like and has really cool-looking flowers, and it gets these hard, hard beans. Uh, once the flowers start dying back. And it's the beans uh, which are extremely poisonous. I mean, to say they're deadly poisonous would be an exaggeration, uh, or would not be an exaggeration. Uh, it would be an understatement. The, these things here are potent. Uh, like I said, this is what they make ricin out of, and people grow them in front of their houses. And because... They are attractive, odd-looking plants. Uh, Hey, the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, that's cool. Then I learned what it was. I'm like, oh, crap, no way. Uh, And the thing is, is if, you know, know, you're an older uh, couple or what have you by yourself, no kids and no chance of little kids coming over. You want to grow this in front of your house? Fine and dandy. Go for it. That way there you can grow it and dispose of it. It does not hurt you to touch the plant at all. You have to ingest it. But the uh, 
if you have any possibility of having uh, little kids over and you're growing a castor plant, please cut it down because you don't get a second chance. If a kid eats one of these seeds, they're dead. Simple as that. And I can't put, make it any clearer than that. So uh, please go to uh, the Plant Doc page, check it out, and uh, you know, make yourself aware of uh, what these plants look like. Uh, that, uh, again, the uh, giant hogweed and the wild parsnip, uh, which are both in bloom right now and growing right now, uh, are around the area. If you want to see some of the giant hogweed uh, yourself, take a ride out on uh, County uh, what is it, County M, uh, heading up towards Holman from uh, West Salem. Uh, about a mile or so back, uh, you'll come up to a farm right before you get to the uh, base of the hill uh, that goes up to the quarry, and you'll see a whole bunch of it growing off there on your uh, left-hand side. As far as a wild parsnip goes, look in any roadside ditch right now for uh, a tall yet mustard-colored yellow plant. That's it. Uh, uh, or more than likely, uh, there is wild mustard out there growing too. So, but uh, yeah, you need to be careful of these things. Make yourself aware of them, and you know, make sure your kids are aware of them too. <laughs> 